welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. We are in a special edition series called the Leadership Series, meant to inspire hope if you're a leader. And by now, you should know that there is a leader somewhere in there in you. Uh, most of you who are listening have uh, some leadership uh, capacity right now in your life. Maybe you're a leader in your home, you're the mom, or maybe you're the leader of a business or of a ministry. No matter what your function is, uh, we are looking at our hearts and our lives and just want to remind you as we start this episode of the many, many resources for you. So much Bible study resources free at your fingertips. Download our app, the Living With Power app. Uh, check out our podcast page. We've done some amazing interviews in the past. We'll be doing more of them in the future. Uh, subscribe to the Living With Power Hope podcast and uh, do share it with your friends. We also uh, would love for you to check out SheGivesHope.com. It's our online merchandise store where every dollar you spend will go to support the work we're doing with Syrian refugees. Uh, we travel to Lebanon and help Syrian refugees regularly with medical and dental needs, but we also help housing, school, education, all sorts of things. You can find out about it at SheGivesHope.com. I want to talk about success today. I know some of you have been waiting for this episode, redefining success in leadership. Okay, I don't know about you, but I have needed this episode my entire life. And just when I think I got it, I need it again. And uh, in a culture that has us going um, like down Niagara Falls in a stream so fast on what success looks like, we as Christians, as followers of Christ, need to stop and redefine success the way that Christ defines it. And so I, uh, I played around with this with my thoughts here, and I think I know where I'm going to go with them, but I want to read you some verses from John 15. Uh, this is Jesus talking to the disciples uh, about the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And I want to uh, read a few verses and then give you some thoughts about success. And I, I don't know, but I have a feeling that many of you are waiting um, for freedom in this area because we're so bogged down by what people think is successful. And many of us, even though we might look, I, I tell you, for years I've looked like a success and I haven't felt like a success. And uh, some of that is personal insecurities, but some of it is wrong measures of success. So let us, um, without further ado, read John 15, verse 5. Uh, Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. I'm going to read that verse again. Sorry. Sometimes you read and you got to stop and say, pay attention to this. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. I want to read a little bit more. This is my commandment, that you love one another, and then a greater love has no one than this. Uh, let me keep going down to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go, and here it is, and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Okay? A couple of verses here I highlighted. I want to repeat them. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's verse 8. And verse 16, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide. Redefining success. I want to 
give you three big ideas and try to sort of lay into this um, this message here, this podcast. All right, you ready? Here's the first. God wants you to be successful even more than you want to be. Okay, this is essential. I, I don't know how I fell into this trap. I don't know if you've you have this tendency too, but I'm 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 like most people, I think. And for years, I feel like I've tried to convince God to give me fruit. You ever feel like that? Like you're like praying, you're like, please God, let this ministry grow. Please God, let us bear fruit. Please let us have it. And, and it's like ridiculous in hindsight, because I'm like, wait a second. Is the very thing God already wants for me? Now that doesn't mean you don't pray it, but the tone of the prayer is different. When you're trying to convince someone to do something, it's like my nephew begging me for an ice cream, right? It's like, and, and he hasn't eaten dinner yet. And it's like, and it gets to be like a broken record sometimes. You're like, dude, you can get that. And you're like, just take the ice cream already. And 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 I don't want to approach God that way, but, but I look back at the ways that I've tried to arm twist and manipulate and convince God to give me success. When here you read these verses and his very heart for us is to bear fruit. Isn't that what success is, that we bear fruit? Uh, you can you can split hairs, be like, well, I don't know. We're going to get into the type of fruit. The point is, he wants it for us even more than we want it for ourselves, so that Jesus actually spends this chapter talking about how it happens. And so um, success, uh, as, a, as a sub thought here, it's not always so obvious. That's the problem. See, we go from, I don't see success in my life right now, to I'm not sure God wants me to be in this role, or I'm not sure God loves me. We go from A to Z. Like, like rather than seeing our life and being like, okay, okay, this is, I might just not be seeing success. And so what Jesus does is gives us this model of fruitfulness. Well, wow. He talks about the vine and the branches and the verses that I read at the beginning of, of how, um, about the, uh, 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 where is it? Did we, did we read those? About the, the, uh, the branches that are cut off that they, until you bear more fruit. It was earlier. In the, oh, I didn't read them. That's why. I'm like, where are those verses? It was the beginning of the chapter. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So there's a process. Success isn't always obvious. So his desire for us, let's get this straight, is to bear fruit. Okay, let's not, we don't have to convince God of that anymore. If you're a Christian, you're in leadership, he wants you to bear fruit. It's not the what, what we all agree, it's the how. And the how is the challenge, because the how sometimes means cutting fruitful branches so that the next season they bear more fruit. And I'm telling you, that hurts. Taking shears, I've had to do that in my garden. I am not even that great of a gardener. And I've seen robust plants, and at some point in the season, my roses, I'll have to take shears and cut, 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 cut. And then I see them growing again. And the year after year, they are more robust and healthy, but it would not happen if I didn't take the shears and cut. So success isn't always so obvious right now. Just wait, wait. Fruit can only be measured over time. And fruit is ultimately under the control of who? The vine dresser. He determines if a branch is bearing good fruit or if it needs to be trimmed. It's not my decision. It says fruit is a sign of health. It can be little fruit or a lot of fruit. It's still a sign of health. You don't look at the beginning of a tree that's just budding in the spring and go, oh, that tree is dead. Cut it down because it doesn't have big apples on it or cherries. No, you go, it's early in the season. Give it time. And then late in the season, you go, I think it's time to trim it because it has so much fruit. It needs more fruit next season. So there's a rhythm to it, which, again, agricultural uh, people back in Jesus's days, they understood this language. But we, even though we're not agricultural, gardening is a, is a very common language and, and, and activity so that most of us understand that. 
Can you think of your leadership in that light right now? Think about where you're at in your leadership. I don't know what season you're in. There are four seasons, winter, uh, spring, summer, and fall. And so you might be in winter and think, I don't have any fruit here, just wait. You might be in summer and be like, I am just fine. I'm, I am so good. God favors me. It's all good. Just wait. It's going to be cyclical and it's for a reason so that ultimately we bear more fruit, which is what God wants for you. He wants you to be successful even more than you want to be. Here's a second big thought. God sees success differently than we do, period. All right, this is critical. <laughs> I just said he wants you to be successful, and now I'm reminding you, he doesn't see success the same way that we do. He sees it differently. Uh, success is not measured in numbers. I don't know how many times we use this. Now, I come from churches and backgrounds where we were told healthy things grow, and if the, if the thing isn't growing, then it's not healthy, cut it down, it's dead. And I don't agree with that. I don't believe that's true. Um, healthy things grow until they're cut down so that they can grow more down the road. And the way that it grows may not be in the way that, like, so the world says you grow in numbers. God's way says you grow in depth and you grow in character and you grow in, in obedience. And, and so I love, I've, told, I've mentioned before Peter Scazzaro, and he has an amazing episode on, or an entire podcast on leadership, by the way. If you're looking for leadership material, uh, Peter Scazzaro, uh, the emotionally healthy discipleship uh, guy, uh, he, he gave one message that was so good, markers for success. And he gives uh, like some of the big ones that sort of stuck out to me. I'll read you three or four of them uh, that I think would be encouraging to you. The first, he says, being with God before doing for God. That is a marker of success. If you're a Christian leader, do you know that you might, we boo-boo this. We're like, I don't know if that's really matter. I agree with him. That vertical relationship, being with God, being intimate with God, growing with him, having the confidence that he's with you, he's for you, that he's near you, that is success it's far greater than doing a job for God. You know, uh, anybody can do something, but there's a richness in adoption and childhood. Ado like he's our father. We're, his, we're the child. The whole matter of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. There is a unique relationship in Christian leadership because we are under the authority of a father who loves us. Okay, this is immensely important. Are you with God before you're doing for him? That is a sign of success. Here's another one. Uh, resisting temptations of the evil one. That is a sign of success. As you grow in your leadership, as you grow in your life, are you becoming more able to resist temptations? If you're always falling in the same way, you got to wonder if you're really growing. And, and, and that would be a red flag to me. If you have a huge ministry, you're selling a bazillion books, but you're constantly sinning in the same ways over and over again. It, 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 no, I'm not condemning you. God can, will give you grace. You can overcome it still. God will help you. But... Uh, it may be a sign that you're not as successful as you think you are. And uh, uh, other ones, success is trusting Jesus. Just just having this confidence that God is for me, that he's working it out, that the outcome is in his hands. Uh, another one is embracing the season God has for me right now. When you feel at peace in the season that you're in right now, listen, I'm in winter, I don't mind. I'm not, you know, there's a sense of peace. That is success. And so you can listen to his podcast. He goes over some of those. But all this to say God sees success differently than I do. So what we consider fruit in the world uh, may not be what God considers fruit in the world. I mean, I, I'll pick on myself. I mean, as a Christian author and speaker, I think of success as a full speaking schedule with best-selling books. There's nowhere in scripture that says that that's a sign of success. Again, you go back to, well, if you're looking at worldly signs of success, you're gonna feel like a failure if you don't meet them. But when you look at what Jesus, look at Jesus. I mean, end of his life, he's written no books. He's got no friends left, <laughs> but he's faithful to what God had sent him for. And he dies. And he, in that moment, he does not look like a success. And yet he's more of a success than he's ever been in that moment on Calvary. And uh, that ought to preach to somebody today. So um, 
Don't confuse growth with success. Um, while healthy things do grow, sometimes healthy things take time to grow. And sometimes healthy things need to get pruned. So uh, success, God wants me to be successful even more than I want to be. God sees success differently than I do. And here's the third. God is committed to making me be a success more than he is committed to making what I do a success. Okay, this goes back to the piece zero. Being with God is, is a measure of success before doing for him. This is an important switch in ways, in, in thoughts, in mentality, in goals. Uh, God is committed to making me a success before he's committed to making what I do a success. It's not to say he's not committed to helping your work. I mean, in Psalms, again and again, we see that God blessed the work of our hands, you know, thankful for how he's working in the work. I mean, we see this theme where David and, 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 and the Old Testament writers talk about that, that praise God for all the things he's done, and, and it reflects itself through the works that we do. But more important than that is the character of David, the character of Moses, the character of Abraham, the character of Jacob. I'm just in the middle of reading the story of Jacob, and amazed at how God continued to use and meet and love this guy who constantly got it wrong in his life. And uh, um, I, think, I think you need to hear that today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're leading or not leading, uh, you may not be living the dream that you thought you would be living right now. Maybe you are and good on you. And if you are, by the way, I would warn you, look at those internal things. Uh, are you communing with him? Do you have a sense of brokenness? Uh, is he changing you in ways? Is there, you know, are there things happening in your life that, that reflect that, that, that there's growth? Growth requires pain. I mean, it's painful to grow. And so if you're not feeling any of that, you got to wonder why. Um, but, uh, but most of us probably, I would say, listening would say, you know what, my life is good, but there's a couple of things, a couple of areas in my life that I thought would be differently. Those are the areas where God is trying to change you. Now, the question is how? And I think the work that you need to do in your soul is in those areas. Uh, what's behind them? What's behind your insecurities? What's behind your fears? Uh, why do you still not trust God? What is it that stands in the way of that? And uh, are you fully yielded to God or trying to get God to do what you want him to do and you're disappointed because he hasn't done it? Um, we, we need to be reconstructed in this area of our faith. And, uh, it, and the, one of the big areas for leaders is in this area of what we deem as successful. And, and I, I found that the whole world can look at someone and think that, judge them, whether they are a success or not. It doesn't matter what the world thinks, it's what God thinks. Again, I'm not against growth, platforms, popularity. Use it for God's glory if that's what God has given you. But beware if that's what God has given you because it's a dangerous place to be. There have been many people, um, church fathers who, I can't remember which one, I'll have to remind you in the next episode, I'll look it up. But there's a, an old church father that says like, somebody approached him to tell him how he became a success. He says, success, don't ever associate me with the word success. Because he said, if I ever become a success, I failed. And uh, the point was that there's so many temptations that happen when you're in a place of success. Uh, success, remember, is a matter of faith, of trusting God to do what we cannot do. It is a willingness to trust God and obey him over time, and joyful even in the barren seasons of winter. That's how you know you're succeeding in that it doesn't matter what's happening circumstantially. You have a peace. You have a, a patience. You're no longer in a hurry. Uh, I got to be honest. God has done a lot of work in me in this. I'm not where I need to be yet, but this last year has been a dramatic year, really over a year, a year and a half maybe of, of just pruning and, and, and reshaping. And, and uh, there were moments in it that it has been really, I, I, I would have told you, I don't know what God is doing and kicking and screaming and fighting with him, wrestling with him, the Genesis 32 moments. But I can tell you now, I'm starting to feel, uh, to see, you know, you can sense in your soul what he's doing in you. And, 
And I told someone recently, they were talking about some deadlines and it says, honestly, I said to them, I'm no longer in a hurry. Uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, and, and, I, and I don't want to exaggerate, I'm always in a hurry. I, you, you understand, I'm just no longer in a hurry to push projects, to do things. I, I recognize now that God has a plan and a time. And to me, that is a point of success in my life. And so think about those internal things that God has been changing in you. Are you seeing success markers in them? Not, not the world's markers, but godly markers. So in summary, God wants you to be a success even more than you want to be. That ought to give you hope and rest and joy. By the way, joy, we read about it in John 15. Great day today, great exercises to hang up this podcast and go and read those verses in John 15 and remember what Jesus wants for you. God wants you to be a success more than you even want to be. Number two, he sees God sees success differently than you do. And number three, God is committed to making you a success even more than he is committed to making what you're doing a success. And that is the best news you can hear today. So let's uh, love the Lord back today. He has extended so much to us all the time and he's at work even now uh, i want to pray for you today uh, i'd love to pray for you by name specifically many of you have sent me prayer requests in the past i, I would ask if you feel comfortable to do it again lena at livingwithpower.org and if this um broadcast this podcast has helped you in any way and you think somebody you know might benefit from it share it with them uh, and go on and give us a review if you have a minute to do so enjoy the rest of the day um you are successful if you're in Christ. I, I'm telling you, you might not see it today, but believe it and find all the joy that's yours in Christ. Uh, I love you guys, and we'll catch each other back again next time.